0: On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this game, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time and your calls. Welcome
1: to Punters Postmortem.
0: Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Uh
2: Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 23rd of October. Hello to all our Sky Sports Radio audience right across New South Wales and the ACT. Hopefully you had a a great weekend. We had some wonderful racing from all different parts of the country. And we're going to review it for you now with Ron Duffesey, Chris Roots and David And I'll say firstly good morning to Duff. Wonderful scenes here at Randwick. The weather was sensational in Sydney town on the weekend. And we had some good performances, mate. Good morning to you.
3: Yeah, another good meeting at uh, Randwick, uh, Dave. Look, it, it, the wind come up at the second half of the program pretty strong. And it just I think inside barriers come to the fore then uh, for some reason. And it was hard for the horses out wide back markers to make ground. But it was all wind related. Track was perfect. Other than that, it was quite fair early in the day. But just later in the day, it was just a little bit tougher for those horses uh, drawn out getting back that little bit.
2: Uh, David Gately was on Sky Racing 1. Obviously, we had uh, all the action from around the country. The Caulfield Cup, Gately are in our Melbourne studio at the moment. Uh, Mark, Zara and Jamie Spencer fighting out the Caulfield Cup on Saturday. Good morning to you.
4: Yeah, good morning to you, team, and uh, punters, of course. Well, it was a fiercely run Caulfield Cup, and didn't it separate the men uh, the from the boys, so to speak? Well, certainly the wheat from the shaft is probably more politically correct. Um, so the good athletes came to the uh, the top. I mean, you look at a horse like Montefilia, who was probably the best run in the race last year, uh, but could not go with these horses at this speed. I went back and looked at the race the last time it was on a dry track. The first 1,800 was run. Uh, we'll put it this way. These horses would have been leading the murder glass field by about 22 lengths with 600 to run. So... Uh, A proper test of endurance. Cornella,
2: outstanding. And Chris Roos joining us from the City Morning Herald. Chris, uh, another weekend, and it's this time of year, isn't it, where we've got plenty of news floating around and obviously some wonderful performances from all aspects of the game.
5: Yeah, and uh, the Caulfield Cup was just a great advertisement for racing. I see that um, Matt Chapman's been on saying four Europeans ran the first four places. Well, two of them had been out here for a, a, quite a period and been trained by Australian trainers, so um, it's it, it's um, turning into a worldwide race. And realistically, it was it was the highlight of the day. Like you could go back and watch it again and again with um, great efforts from from the first two home. And we'll um, go forward to a Melbourne Cup now and see where where they fit in.
2: We certainly will, and we're going to talk about the Caulfield Cup very, very soon. We're going to also open the phone lines pretty soon. I can see some people already phoning in on thirteen fifty three, fifty three. 53 So if you've got a, a question for our team today, um, as ex- is expected around this time of year, when the focus is away from all sports uh, and we're on the races, we're going to try and find a winner. I do want to start, though, with the Five Diamonds prelude here because there is already a stack of tech stuff about Detonator Jack and a stack of texts about Waterford, now, wanting to know your thoughts on that five diamonds prelude.
3: Oh, it was a good competitive race. Um, you know, nose by a nose, more or less. You didn't know what won when they hit the line. I thought uh, one, two, three across the line were perfectly ridden. Uh, Palmetto was given a charm run by Cathy, who seized on her opportunities over the last few weeks, winning the Epsom and the five diamonds for one and a half million and a million. Uh, Detonated Jack. Uh, had his chance, uh, maybe just once that mile now or maybe even a little bit further. Waterford ridden in a much better position there on Saturday. He just, you know, everyone was hailing him the winner when they hit the line. So it was all bob of the head stuff. I thought democracy manifests considering circumstances. Like, we all knew what was going to happen with Chris wide draws uh, negative out the back and it's nearly impossible And Faulkner Park, similar. He was outstanding after refreshing. So, arguably, a fourth and fifth across the line were the best runs. But uh, one, two, three, made their own luck and had a great little contest to the wire.
2: They certainly did. Uh, Gator, uh, a couple of texts here about um, Faulkner Park. Obviously, Duff's just touched on it. But uh, it was a a good race, the Five Diamonds Prelude. And obviously, now we will see that five diamonds field, not necessarily all these runners out of this prelude, but we'll see that take shape over the next couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, look, it was it was an okay race. I mean, St. Lawrence probably should have finished closer. He's not a great horse. He's beat 1.4 lengths. But Faulkner Park uh, did a great job wide, no cover, or with cover mostly, and finished off well against the pattern of the race. Four-way go, democracy manifest. Yeah, I mean, that's his pattern anyway, probably the best run in the race. But, um, yeah, look, you run it, eight times, you probably get eight different winners.
2: That market too, Chris, on the 11th of November, it's an all-in market for the Five Diamonds. Fangirl's Doubtful. She is favourite with the tab at $6. And Tino, we think, might be coming this way for Tony Golland. Dem- Democracy Manifest at $8. Unspoken, who we'll touch on in a little bit. Uh, he was sensational, Unspoken. Uh, Faulkner Park at 11 And Jimi Hendrix, 11 with Waterford, also there too.
5: Yeah, and... Realistically, when you looked at when you go back and look at the video of this race, the first three out of the line we were on the fence, coming around the turn and and had all the favours, and really have to add on a lot for horses that got out wide and, and got home, and that makes Faulkner Park the run of the race. I thought um, the as he ran a fast back on the fence, come through them as well, but Faulkner Park he just kept finding the line. Eighteen, he looks like he's got eighteen hundred ridden all over him. I thought he, he he's probably the one that you could take out of the race, but as you said. Unspoken. He gets in. So the way the five diamonds run is run is you. you it's a set weights and penalties penalties affair. So um, Palmetto for getting for winning by a nose gets a, another kilo in a, in penalties it already was going to get penalised a kilo. Now it gets another one under set weights and penalties conditions of um, up to a million. You get two kilos. So he probably gets taken out of the race a little bit if you if you benchmark him against the other two that went across the line with you. And, you know, unspoken doesn't get a penalty at all for winning an open handicap. So um, there's a lot to unpack out of that out of that day.
2: There certainly is. Here's what some of the beaten jocks had to say in the five diamonds pre
0: Jason Collett, detonated jack.
1: Yeah, better performance today. We are in a touch quieter. Um, you know, only 100 metres further, but he's, he's strong late. Uh, even is going to be good too.
0: Tommy Berry, Waterford.
1: Yeah,
4: um, look, he's won enormous. Um, come off the winner's back like I was going to beat it, but he packed too many punches today,
5: but uh, spot on for 1,800.
0: Tyler Schiller Democracy Manifest.
5: Yeah, he was terrific again. He um, just had to get back from the wide draw. Made up a lot of ground.
0: Chad Schofield, Faulkner Park.
4: Yeah, thrilled, thrilled with his return. Um, and obviously, he's only going to improve into the next one with more
0: distance. Sam Clipperton, St Lawrence.
4: I thought he ran a terrific race. He just felt like he lacked a little bit of confidence going Sydney way. Uh, for the first time under competitive conditions, but experience doing the world of good and he's a nice horse.
0: Andrew Atkins, super helpful.
3: Super run and a tough field. In good stead for a couple of weeks.
0: Dylan Gibbons, what he goes?
4: Yeah, just a 12 to 15. He did too much work within himself, but stuck on gamely.
0: Tom Sherry, Cotahilo.
4: Um, didn't really work out today, but
5: I'm not sure where he got from here.
0: Rachel King, zoom on.
1: Uh, good first up run. He just got a bit
5: tired late.
0: Regan Bayliss converge.
5: They ran along. Um, he was just a little bit on and off the bridle in the race for me, and I was going um, a long way from home.
0: jean Van me in Europe public. Probably just needs a bit further there. Probably just a little bit slick for him. Sack Lloyd Altivo. Yeah, not a stay.
2: All right, that was the beaten jocks in the Five Diamonds prelude. Uh, we mentioned the Caulfield Cup. Obviously, our eyes were, were watching this particular market because uh, I'll come to you here, David Gailey. The... And... and Chris had mentioned this, and a number of people had mentioned this, even in previews. I'd heard Mark Hunter say this was, you know, a, a vintage edition uh, we saw this year. Lots of form from all over the place. Of course, we had the drama with Gold Trip. Would it start? Would it not start? And uh, obviously, we saw Mark Zara pull the right rein. <laughs> He's He seems to have a knack of doing this, Mark.
4: Yeah, he does that, and uh, look, he couldn't have scripted it any better. He just followed West Wind Blows every step of the way, and um, when you saw the tempo they were running along, I mean, we all thought it would be a solidly run race, but wow we did they uh, did they charge. Um, so 13 lengths above, group one average uh, is fearsome. You know, I think Vaux Rogue would have been able to go with them. Um, and I mentioned that murder glass race and how how, um, how much superior this was on the clock to that. And that was the last time we saw a dry track in the Caulfield Cup. Uh, look, without a fight, a target race for a long time, and they landed it. Westwind Wind blows excellent. The winner did give him a kilo and a half as well. So, look, I know he had the preferred run, you know, in a game of inches, but I can't take anything away from the winner. Both excellent. Gold trip, they could have done with more room, up the straight with 58 and a half, but they did sort of hold him uh, that last hundred, those two. And look, they beat the rest clearly. But look, if you're looking for, um, if you need any further evidence than the clock, I mentioned Montefilia. Look, she was beaten, uh, what, 10 lengths, and, and this race last year, she was probably the best run in it, probably should have won it, but it just shows you how different um, stratospheres apart last year's race was compared to this year.
2: Can I ask a question, Gator? I guess maybe if we don't know this. we left to to one of the jocks, but why do you think this year was so fast? Was it the quality of horse or was it the way the track was? Why do you think it was just uh, ah, such an yep. endurance test? Yeah, well, uh,
4: so you had some... On-speed runners, uh, so that, that's obviously helpful. Um, Spirit Ridge had just run along at a fast speed in a Metrop and broke the track record himself. Okay, there was a horse in front of him, but he broke it himself as well at 2,500. So they're thinking, okay, my best chance of success is to make this an endurance test. Now, he, he obviously knocked up as most of those on-speed runners did, but certainly the, the class of horse, absolutely. Um, you can't run fast time, you know, if you're not fast, can you? It's just physically impossible. So um, the, the speed of the race uh, and certainly the
2: class of, of athlete is what um, gives you that substance on the clock. You would have been watching from uh, Sydney, Duff. Uh, obviously, our eyes were on a lot of the Sydney contingent, Montefilia, uh, your, your Goldmans. Obviously, it was all over at the start for Solcombe. His run, considering that slow beginning, has been enormous.
3: Um... His was huge, absolutely huge, to see how far he missed the start there. He's really looking good for the Melbourne Cup, but you cannot do it if he does that. He's getting worse. If he stands there in a Melbourne Cup wants to give a six-length start again, um, he's just chasing his tail, but he'd love to back him with confidence going to a Melbourne Cup with a big track at Flemington, two-mile, uh, just rounding them up out down the middle there. But how can you trust him after what he's been doing of late? Uh, But, you know, hats off to father-son combination here with the Freedmans Uh, they've had since Brisbane. uh, All they were thinking about was the Caulfield Cup, how to get there, Um, and they did it with style, I must say, uh, with a break between runs. A great training performance and a great ride. He's a big-time performer, Zara, no doubt about it. Uh, One, two, three, best horses, no doubt about it. All beautifully ridden, as Gator says. And um, a very strong race, a very strong race. So uh, let's move on. I don't know what happens moving forward to the Melbourne Cup. There, there are improvers there, and you'd like to have confidence in Sulcum, but can you trust him?
5: Mm.
2: Chris, your comments?
5: Yeah. Uh, I just uh, think it was a beautiful ride. What we're seeing a lot more, and this comes down to preparation of horses, is that Brisbane Carnival and those and those horses that race through the winter. Barsdale Shant that ran fourth was still racing in 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 winter cups in Sydney. That looks like the way to train these stars. Keep them in keep them in work. Keep them keep them, keep their fitness up, and it seems to work. It seems to work over the last couple of years. they have been the horses that you want to be on in big races during the carnival, and they got it exactly right without without a fight. So congratulations to um, Sam Sam and Anthony, and um, very uh, a job well done i Mark Zara. He, he is a big time performer, and he's um he's got the ride on um King's Gambit in the Coolmore. My understanding is that James McDonald will ride Cylinder, and, and so the Snowdens have turned to uh, Mark Zara for uh, as as their go-to person for King's Gambit. He rode him in the slipper, and he'll trial him down the straight up next Friday.
2: Okay, so does that uh, does that mean Tommy is riding in Melbourne uh, in in Sydney, or has he got a did he cop a, a suspension, or how come Tommy doesn't stick with him? Uh, no, Tommy. Tom.
3: Co- Tommy's Kaverleka, isn't
5: he? Yeah, Kaverleka,
2: and in, the, uh, in, the, in yeah. the oh, that's right, he's staying up here in the Golden yeah. Eagle. Right. you have got
5: to pick and choose; you can't ride in both races.
2: No, I know, I know you can't. So there you go. So Zara on um, King's Gambit and James. On cylinder. That's from Chris. Uh, let's hear what the beaten jocks had to say in the Caulfield Cup. Greg Newell,
3: five. Yeah, he's just in class.
5: James McDonald, Francesco
3: Guardi.
4: He was back where the where all the venture winners and, and place getters come from, and he made no inroads. Very disappointing.
3: Karen McAvoy, Okeda Sushi. Yeah, he moved into
4: a, you know behind them, around the corner. At the, at the 400, he was moving on into it nicely. Just leveled the last furlong, so I'd say he's just going to tighten up th- through fitness from that run. Jamie
2: Carr, Valiant
4: King. He was really good. He just needs a bigger track and um, we got going and then he had to stop for a few strides and that just interrupted his his run home. But, yeah, he,
5: he ran really well, though.
2: Jamie Spencer, West Wind Blows.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, what can I say? He did everything right. Being a step slower we probably helped him because we were going fast fractions. Yeah when the Butler lost
5: the war. Mick D, right you are?
4: Yeah, super. Had a nice run. He uh, probably gave a good kick at the top of the straight and um, tried hard. So, yeah, nice run.
2: Greg Williams, Sulcombe.
1: Unfortunately, that's the worst he's ever left the gate. he He's really slow out. But he's back with the first four home over the line. They just sprinted faster than we did today.
2: John McNeil, Emissary.
1: Yeah,
4: he didn't pull up 100%, so um stable will monitor him. Blake Shin, Montefilia. Yeah, Montevideo, I just think she was big gassed at that tempo. she came off the bridle a long way out and therefore didn't have any stamina f- at the end. Thanks, mate.
2: Linda Meach-Goldman.
4: Yeah, I was a bit disappointed. Um, his work's great, great leading into it. Um, just see what happens in the dust settles. We went for it. I used them um, from the gate and probably took away my winning chance.
2: Winona Costin, Boy D'Argent.
4: Um Big run. He travelled really nicely throughout and really got to line. Very happy with his run today.
2: Dan Yendle, Spirit Ridge.
1: I uh, got free out, free air out there. Gallop, a good gallop at lead, obviously. Um, no traffic at all. Trying to let him be happy, comfortable he was. Just found that pressure a bit strong. Uh, yeah, I was happy with him though.
3: Cheers. Carleen Heffel, United Nations.
1: Yeah, really nice. Look, from that gate, we got a beautiful spot in the run and each travelled absolutely perfect. Sort of got him out bowling from the 800 and the others probably just had a better turn of foot, but he'll be better over further.
3: Thanks. Timmy
4: Clark, who you, melt? began really well and, and strode into a, into a good, prominent position, but he didn't settle well enough throughout the race to finish off.
3: Johnny Allen, Duke Sessa.
4: Yeah, look, we got a long way back from the gate. Um, they did roll along a good gallop, snuck a few runs around the corner, um, but we were just chasing from a long way I was Still totally ran OK.
3: Damien Lane, break up?
4: Had a great run, uh, travelled lovely, um, maybe a touch close to that brutal speed, presented well, maybe just a few sharper than him today, uh, he would be better for further and the biggest circuit at Flemington. Ben Mellum, Gold Trip. Ran terrific, had a lovely run, um, he was just really made carry that weight with the frantic speed, it never let up and I had the chances, that one, one one-two just in front of me and four or five kilos in the end was a finish, I sort of presented into the race, off the back of west wind blows, Zara's, my my grand inside Zara there, he's come from behind me and beat me so, horse is going terrific from uh, moving forward, whether they go to the Coxblade or Melbourne Cup, but um, especially the Melbourne Cup, the horse couldn't mean any better
2: That was the beaten jocks, just a a comment from you Gator, and I know obviously uh, the Ma Eustace team will will make the decision, but uh, geez, if you had gold trip, where would you go?
4: Well, I mean, the recipe they used last year worked really well, you know so they won the Melbourne Cup with 57. He's got to carry more weight here. So, you know, as we we touched on it all week on various programs, that it's one thing to say you're well-weighted relative to what you've achieved. It's a totally different thing scientifically and mathematically and, and physics to carry it and win. So, look, he was great, but I think Ben Mellon summed it up best that they just, you know, just a bit strong for him at the weight differential late, but he's airborne... Where they go, look. I'm not going to second guess that stable, but last year's recipe worked really well.
3: Yeah. What does he do? What does he do, Zara? He's obviously, he, he if he put his hand up for Gold Trip after winning the Turnbull on him, he could ride him, or he obviously he could stick with without a fight, who's a question mark at two miles. So he's got a decision to make in the next week or so. There's no doubt about that.
5: I thought he was already booked for the Melbourne Cup, and he, he took the without a fight. Riding the Caulfield Cup, I'm not. I'm not completely mm, sure about that. Okay. So, I'm, I'm um, sure I about think he's committed for the for the next two races. He just couldn't ride. He'd already taken the ride on without a flight because he thought Gold Trip wasn't going there. Going on it yeah. on what's happened in the last couple of years and the pattern. If the best run in the Cox Plate's been the Melbourne Cup winner, so you know, um, I think there's a pattern emerging there that you need a Cox Plate sharpens you up and then you step to two miles.
2: We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about unspoken in uh, the Falante there on the weekend at Ranwick You're on Punters Post, one of this morning. Ron Doversy, Chris Roots and David Gately. Sick of cheap bloodstock insurance that doesn't deliver? HQ Insurance offer mortality policies with superior features, including life-saving surgery cover, agreed value and all with HQ's renewal extension clause. Visit hqinsurance.com.au
0: for more. Be sure, insure with HQ.
3: Don't just get a forklift together. Get a Toyota forklift. Right now, Toyota Material Handling is having a massive clear-out of 2022 and 23 plated forklifts. Score great deals across a selected range of new Toyota forklifts currently in stock, counterbalance and reach forklifts, walkie stackers and more. So if it's 22 or 23 plated, get a great Toyota forklift deal. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. Get a Toyota this apply. offer ends December 31. Get ready for a dazzling experience that launches the beginning of summer racing. Tab Mooloola Bar Cup Day at the Sunshine Coast Turf Club is where the colors of summer are unleashed. Experience the thrill, the spectacle and the spirit that defines Tab Mooloola Bar Cup Day. Mark your calendar for Saturday, 18 November and join us at the Sunshine Coast Turf Club for the most colorful time of the year.
1: What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support,
5: visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. You know the feeling when your mate's golf ball flies past yours? Or when you're on the green in regulation, but he holds it from the bunker? At Drummond Golf, we get it. That's why we have our lowest price guarantee. As Australia's biggest, you can count on our massive buying power for the lowest prices in golf. But if you do happen to find a lower advertised price,
1: we'll beat it. The Drummond Golf lowest price guarantee. Unbeatable. Conditions apply. You're listening to Sky
5: Sports Radio and Putters Postmortem.
2: You most certainly are across New South Wales, the ACT. If you're listening via the Tab App, you're with uh, Ron Dovisey, Chris Roots and David Gately. We've got some calls coming in on 1350, 353. We'll take them in a moment. We will talk about this race in Sydney. Now, I'm biased, Duff. He's a mate of mine, Andrew Adkins, but I thought this was an absolute peach on Unspoken and the Falante. He rolled forward, and he just got that cheap one furlong. Where are they? I think they rent 12.02 or 12.03. Gator might be able to help me out there. But And then he just quickened on the turn as well. Obviously, it was the classy horse in the field, and we heard that now it probably goes to a five diamonds. But, jeez, uh, um, lovely ride and lovely horse.
3: Yeah, he's a hard horse to read because he's untapped this prep. He's obviously a second season um, Australian import in his second prep and he had the rating to move and he's charging through the ratings now. So uh, not many people had him leading, I must say you're right, had him box seating, but um, he owned the race. Was it flattering? It's hard to say. You know, you can dream up all these things to say, oh, well, there was all that interference on the turn and he was off and gone and one and two... Uh, were up on the speed and nothing made ground other than um, up the rails there Wicklow and the rest were, you know, just got into trouble. But he's a winner and he only carried 52, mind you, and he has to, you know, go to that next step in the Five Diamonds next. So there's, um, yeah, little question marks about him uh, taking that next giant leap because even though it was as soft as you like, um, it's a hard race to read because of the favours he had. But he can only win, and he put a space in him. He was, he, he's a nice horse, a very nice horse.
2: Your thoughts, uh, Gator, on Unspoken's performance? Yeah, well, my first thought was
4: that uh, it's great that he has another string to his bow. So, you know, we see so often in uh, equine athletes that um, they're just unsuited leading when, they're, when they've been chasing and finishing off. But he's now ticked that box. That's a real positive. He not only ticked it, he ticked it with GST. I mean, poor length is a decisive margin. He's run quicker time than the wild card race over the mile of a near identical first thousand. And his race is actually rated quite well compared to the five diamonds prelude on the day as well. So um, clock's there to back up what you saw. Um, you know, I take Duff's point about the weight, but the first four home in the wild card all only had 52 as well. Um, so, look, he's probably got to come up another length or so, but he's got the
2: capacity to do same. And Chris, your thoughts on unspoken before we get to Macca?
5: Yeah, I thought he was well I was, I thought he was very well ridden. Um Andrew Atkins come back and said to Peter Snowden after the race, he said, I jumped to the front and looked around to see if anything was going to come with me and nothing did. So Andrew just went to the lead and Peter said, Well, I had my hands around just throat halfway around thinking that you might might have done the wrong thing, but he just went away. It was very impressive and although there was that interference on the turn he was clearly the best horse in the race and a, a really good piece of placement by the Snowdens, because now they get him without a penalty in the um, Five Diamonds, and they're a real player.
2: Alright, let's get to our first caller, Backer. G'day, Macca. G'day, boys.
5: How are you
2: going? Very good, mate. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, it
5: was a good, good ride by Andy Atkins. Um, went to the front, um, and you know what they say, if you're out in front like Gay Water says, you avoid all the trouble, and um, that was pretty spot on there on Saturday. Um, so, no, I, was just, I thought I'd give you a call and just say it was a really, really smart ride. Um, it was a good day there. I was up, I was up there at Ramwick, and I tell you what, that uh, that betting ring when that Caulfield Cup was on, that was incredible. I've never heard a noise like that. That was very, like you know, that was very Melbourne Cup sound. So I think uh, I agree with a lot of the boys. That was a vintage Caulfield Cup day. That's one of the greats you'll ever see.
2: And great to hear the uh, the betting ring on fire there at Ramwick on the weekend the good, good crowds. It's amazing what uh, a bit of good weather does. Gents, uh, people are coming out and enjoying themselves. One thing I do want to touch on, thanks for your call, Macca, Uh and I'll get a comment from all of you here. I'll come to you first, Duff. Obviously, to come out of that uh, Caulfield Cup, we did see what Mark Zara fined $50,000 after the uh, Persuader Breach. I call it the Persuader Breach in the Caulfield Cup. Nine um, strikes prior to the hundred, thirteen strikes in total. So it will commence after Cox Plate Day and run till Friday the 3rd, of November, uh, like we say, always around this time of the year. What what is the what is the point of this? All
3: yeah, well they've got the rule in place now, and uh, now everyone's. As soon as you see someone fined in a big race, we saw it with Michael Red Rod with Red Caddo in a Melbourne Cup where he overstepped the mark big time, and they're all calling. And then we upheld that. They upheld that dead heat decision with Blake Sin twelve months ago with a whip breach. So the stewards are under so much pressure now and they've put them the, the rules have put them under pressure. They don't have to make calls on this. They they follow the rule book. Oh look, Zara broke the rules. They're probably a grid in place to for the fines and the suspension may have looked a bit light. He doesn't miss anything over the carnival. He might miss, you know, I don't know, Geelong Cup or something. A midweek. He doesn't miss a Saturday. He gets fine, it sounds a lot, 50 grand, but his winning percentage was probably 150. So he's paid the price of a 33% reduction there. But I just feel, especially the way this race was run, every race is different. You know, these stayers, at at a mile and a half, you've got to wind them up early. Otherwise, you get left out the back lamenting. And the Melbourne Cup's the same. So... uh, as far as the whip rules over 1200 compared to 2400 and a lot of this the whip use is done i reckon zara might not have even used much of the whip the last hundred meters of the race he got the horse into full flight earlier on but it's it's different interpretations of these rules this just upsets me and then the naysayers come in and want to disqualify horses and and do this and do that and ban the whips and and we we're 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 we're, we're, we're we're lowering ourselves to them eventually. We're we're getting closer and closer to them every day I look. Any
2: comment, uh,
3: Gator?
4: Well, I think you've just got to have one rule, don't you? Um, One set of rules, and then we all know the level playing field. Punters are treated like second-class citizens so much of the time in this sport, and it won't survive if you do, like upholding protest. How do you quantify a margin? Uh, It it makes me angry, and it's probably not the right um, forum to be angry.
2: Well, no, you're a punter, and I think it's it's good yeah. that you are. You know, you are displaying that uh, that frustration because, um, yeah, it's it's happening, and and the other thing too is the mainstream media. Um, if you go on to nine, seven, ten, the Herald, uh well, it wouldn't be the Herald, but the uh, the Age, it's. It's all over. that's That's the story to come out of the race. We're obviously talking mm. about how vintage the race was, the speed. We hear Mackenzie with the roar at Ramwick. But for people that didn't observe the race, all they see is that Mark Zara was fined $50,000. Chris, your comment on it before we move on?
5: I, I think the fine of $50,000, now, I think it's got to be quantified towards the percentage that they're going to receive. And that's where we get these fines wrong. Like, 50, it's $50,000 in a Caulfield Cup. Would you get, in a normal race, would you get a third of your riding fee taken off you or would it be more than a third of your riding fee? So I think if they they do the old... Fa- Remember the old-fashioned days when they said... They took them in and they said, penalties are going to be doubled. They'd have all the jockeys in. You have the theatre of that in a slipper or a big race. Doubled the merits. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but in a race like this, Take their percentage from them. They've got the, they get the trophy, but they don't get the percentage. And, and as Duff said, it's really a slap on the wrist because he doesn't miss Derby Day. He doesn't miss any. He doesn't miss any big meetings. Like he's, he, he'd take um, pay to fifty thousand every day of the week to win a Caulfield Cup. So, I know that's not what the jockeys would want. But I think you we they seem to be able to count in a maiden at Werribee, and come to, come to, come to a Caulfield Cup when and when the the chips are down there's a lot more on the line sometimes that we we always see a bre- breach of the rules so you know um, can i ask a, can i, I ask I understand, a question so getting and things like that but we we've got to be we've got to be clear cut on the, on 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 this and be strong on it and i think mm. if if we are strong if 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 we are if the stewards are strong on it then we'll get less breaches, and it won't become a problem for to, to hang over racing. Can
2: I ask this question, Chris? So obviously, when we see obviously what happened with Nash on Wednesday, uh, where he had that slight interference, and that obviously cost him uh, a ride on Montefilia and a ride on Fangirl because he had that that carryover that uh, that. Um, uh, what, what was the word you used? Like the, the carryover points, or is at that certain the, level the,
5: the um, premium throw premium? Throw, that's right.
2: So does the does that come into play with the whip rule, or is that totally separate? So if you're obviously now Mark has copped this fine, does that mean he has? A, a, you know, if he if he breaks it again, this rule does he get more of a heavier fine, or does he get more of a heavier suspension? How does it work, or are they two separate things?
5: So, yeah, so I can only talk to what I see most of all, and that's the Sydney Sydney Rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a template for whip use, and as you reach more often, you you go up the template. So um, that's that's how it operates. Uh-huh. And I have to say, if you look at a Caulfield Cup Cup now and look at it 20 years ago, it's chalk and cheese with how the whip's used and things like that. Jockeys have adjusted, it's, and they've done a wonderful job but for the good of the sport, we just need to make sure that we're not talking in a Melbourne Cup about a whip breach. Because I know as a reporter and things like that, that's that's one of the first things you, you're making sure that you know if something like that's happened. Because that's the focus of, of the mainstream pu- mainstream public away from well, home. Well, that's,
2: that's the thing. If you look at... And, uh, that's, if you and type that's, in that's, Caulfield Cup in Google, uh, you'll get all the news stories, nine seven herald sun and the actual lead on every single article about the caulfield cup is uh you know caulfield cup result without a fight wins mark zara handed seven meeting suspension fine fifty thousand. so if i'm not involved in the sport and understand it like the four of us do i look at that and go hang on so a bloke broke a rule and won what
3: that's where you're hundred percent
5: right. right. So, and this is this is a thing in Melbourne. Gator can probably talk to this a bit better. He's got seven meetings, but he doesn't over six days. Mm.
3: This is where you're all right because maybe it is a slap on the wrist uh, for Zara, but it's more than a slap on the wrist for racing uh, because, uh, like I say, people we promote these big races. People want to read about them, and they want to. Uh, you know, all they see is the grubby stuff of someone's yeah. cheated to win a Caulfield Cup. So that's where ra- it hurts racing the most. It's not not so much Zara has been hurt; no. he's been slapped on the wrist. He he had to do what he had to do or whatever he wanted to to do there. He's paid the the penalty for it. But it's the and It's more than a slap on the wrist for racing in general. For the, the general, um, once or twice a year, punters that are looking at the the storylines. It's it's not right.
2: Do does uh. The whip rule need to fall under the careless riding umbrella
5: more. It can't fall under the careless riding umbrella. It's a, it's a, it's a separate rule, and you know, as as I said, look, it's a big a big the bigger the prize, the bigger the penalty, and and if they got him in before the race and said anyone who breaks the whip rule is going to the starting point is you'll lose your percentage, and then we'll then we'll look look at a, a fine on top of that. You think that sort of um, that at least they're clear about what's going to happen. So if you're going to lose your percentage straight away, um, it's a pretty big big whack to to take. And I just think that's the way we've we've got to go in bigger races. So I, I think I know they're they're out there to win, but I, I bet you in 20 years time when Mark Zara is sitting back and he's got a course for a cup on the on the. Um, on his on his a mantelpiece, he'll be he, he won't remember the fifty thousand dollar fine he had to pay. Mm.
2: A couple of good texts here on the text line about it, sort of saying, well, you know, imagine if you picked up the paper on Monday morning after Bathurst and saw, you know, Craig Lowndes wins, but the car was, you know, um, they've been, you know, Triple Eight's been given a hundred thousand dollar fine, but Craig Lowndes wins because they had something wrong with the car or they were doing something that was outside the rules. It just doesn't. Yeah, and if you didn't watch well, car racing and you weren't interested, you'd think, oh, well, OK, right-o, over bloke, the team that's cheated, has won Bathurst, how good. It let's just... look at
5: um, Formula One during the week. I was watching the US um, qualifying, and Max gets the slap and lost his um, lap time that would have had him on pole for the race and moved him back to sixth place because he went outside track limits. There's not a big controversy there when they they widened the line for the race to give them more track to race on because they are upset over the... Over the um, over the track limit penalties that a couple of them got. Like, you know, they just changed the rules as they went along. We've got an opportunity to... We've got the rules in place. We've just got to police them properly. Well, that's right. We can
2: control the narrative. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, now, next text on the text line here, I want to um, ask you about this. Uh, this is the Sunset's Riff Rocket race. Our eyes were on Riff Rocket here, Gator. Went down to Sunsets, but moving forward to a derby, you, um, you wouldn't be selling your ticket if you are on Riff Rocket.
4: Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, look, it was, it was one of those races looking at it before the event and just thinking it's, it's mathematically impossible that this horse gets beaten. And it's just further evidence that, you know, they're, um, they're uh, athletes uh, and each race is run differently. He came off a, quite a fast run race at Flemington and streeted them. Like, five and a half lengths is a massive margin to be turning around. This time was a barrier trial. You know, nine and a half lengths below average. It wasn't any test of endurance. So, you know, if I go for a jog with um, the world champion, who's a marathon runner, I can keep up with him, you know? But if he tries, I can't. So that's the difference. You slowly run race, it brings the inferior athletes back to the good ones. And um, that's
2: what beat him. All right. So in regards to a derby market... Uh, four rear Rocket, for those that are, uh, those are playing He Duff is $3 Tom Kitten's at four fifty. Sunsets is obviously trimmed right up They've gone, what, 15 into $5 They went after that race He was as much as 101 Sunsets And they've still got Militarised there at $6 And Dulcet at $8 as well
3: Yeah, a um, bit of way to go there um, Lots of talk about his stable mate, Dulcet um, To say that he's the derby horse So we'll see what eventuates in a couple more lead-ups yet
2: Chris, any comment there before we get back up to Sydney?
5: I just think yeah, Gator yeah, summed it up. You know, you, they, if it's um if there's pressure on in a derby, I think Wishrock wins hundred out of hundred.
2: Commemorative. Our eyes were on this. The twelve hundred meter uh, benchmark seventy eight. It was race five on the card. Duff uh, Kazoo um, mo- moved out of the left, but didn't interfere. Obviously, he just sort of he went. Oh, here we go. Uh, and what did you make of, Kamara? Gee, she's a big, big filly.
3: Oh, yeah, I think she ran up to the hype. I think she ran up to the boom. She had a big job to do. You know, like, she'd come out of a horrible midweek maiden where she was all style and and probably no substance on the clock or um, with the depth of the race. But I get it. Uh, she won so, so well there. There's been a big, big boom on her. She'd been backed in everything, the Everest... Um, she'd been backed in. The, you know, she'd, they'd back her in a Golden Easter Egg with the barrier extension there. But look, she. W- I think coming out of the race, she comes out of it with flying colours. She was wide, no cover. The the last 700 metres of the race. Uh, the, there were some sharp mares in that race with a well-performed Saturday form on the board, and I thought she left the race course with, in flying colours. She's a st- stakes winner in the making. They'll pick a race out for her. I don't know what race it'll be. If she goes to Melbourne and you see her pop up in a, in a, in a stakes race, I think she'll win.
2: Uh, Gator, comment on commemorative? Yeah,
4: look, she's really easy to like, isn't she, the way she's profiling. And, um, she chased a really, you know, a well above average uh, gallop. So was, I was commenting p- pre-race on Sky 1 and said, this will be um, a really good guide to where she's at. I know it's only start two, Uh, But we get an early look. It's like watching a trailer before a movie. We get a a really good guide on on what's about to eventuate. and You would have left the track um, nothing but positive. And there was certainly substance to her closing speed on Saturday relative to the day.
2: Uh, I've got to uh, hand it to James Cummings, Chris Roots. He was on Melbourne Radio on Thursday. And uh, he was obviously asked about this filly because she'd already been well-backed when we had Tim Ryan on the program Thursday, so this is one of the best back runners since we've opened markets. And James not poured a lot of cold water, but just said, "Hang on, hang on, she's she's coming back. We've got some good things planned for her, but it's not going to be easy Saturday." He was spot on.
5: Yeah, he's a he's a really good judge at where his horses are at, James, and it's not about one run with him. It's about a preparation, and that's that run was the start of a preparation. He'll, She'll go to a race like the Desirable at Flemington, which is, um, I think it's the race that Espiona won, and then maybe the 1,000 guineas if she gets that far. But James is going to protect her because he knows he's got a a really nice horse here that is going to develop further given her size and scope. And he might even be looking towards the autumn already with her rather than um, rushing her through through her grades to win a a race in... In the spring, because it's all about um, timing, and with these horses, and you know, there's there's a stack of good races for her in the autumn. So, this might be a short preparation where we get a taster of what she's what she's up to, and we'll see the best of her in the autumn. Hopefully, in Sydney or maybe even a, a race like a Newmarket, where she'd get in really light.
2: Okay. It's 9.49. We've still got the horses to follow from the gents this morning, and we're going to take your calls. Give us a ring if you've got a, anything you want to say to our panel on 13.53.53 on Punters Postwater.
0: How good is the bull? You've heard about it. Now it's time
2: to find out for yourself with Ambassador Travel. All roads lead to Warrnambool in May for three action-packed days
0: of racing action with some of Australia's premier jumps events like the Grand Annual Steeplechase and the Gallywood Hurdle as well as the One Gum and the Warrnambool Cup. Plus, you'll take in the Great Ocean Road, Port
2: Campbell National Park and the unmissable Twelve Apostles. Book now to avoid disappointment and create a lifetime of memories. Call Ambassador Travel today on 7 3229 655
1: or visit ambassadortravel.com.au.
2: On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report.
1: Don't let joint pain or injuries get in the way of your sporting goals. Bauerfein's range of German-made sports compression and supports can help. Call or visit 13knees.com.au. Sydney, Kiriwea crash, Kingsway eastbound past Hotham Road. Prospect to Prospect Highway remains busy southbound as you make your way to the M4. And Brisbane, Hillcrest, Johnson Road still carrying a lot of traffic going westbound. Experience the first credit card that allows you to earn Star Alliance Gold status by simply spending on the card. Search HSBC Star Alliance. T's and C's apply. Issued by HSBC Bank Australia. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. Nova Employment has been matching businesses to staff with ability for over 30 years and has an unbeatable track record of success.
2: My name is Gina Luludakis. I'm the restaurant owner of Cove Bar and Grill. When you have uh, new trainees, the amount of work that goes into it with Nova because they've
1: assisted us has just been a godsend. Recruiting? Choose Nova Employment, the premier disability employment service. Visit novaemployment.com.au. Government incentives may be available.
2: Sick of cheap bloodstock insurance that doesn't deliver? HQ Insurance offer mortality policies with superior features, including life-saving surgery cover, agreed value, and all with HQ's renewal extension clause. Visit
0: hqinsurance.com.au for more. Be sure, insure with HQ.
5: This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio.
2: You certainly are. You're with Ron Doversy, Chris Roots and David Daly. Just uh, before we get to our call, I've got Matt on the line. Um, I heard some news, Duff, about uh, Betty Lane. Uh, Betty, of course, was uh, the first female to be granted a license, a uh, number one license in 1980, The first female trainer. She was a trailblazer and um, she's passed away. So that's very sad news.
3: Well, I I didn't know that. I knew she was crook and she's up here at Ramwick and I know Betty very well. That's that's shocking news for me, although uh, she'd been crook for a while and and we talk about the first lady of racing in Gay Waterhouse. Well, uh, Betty was the original first lady of racing. There's no doubt about it. Uh, She was an institution there at Ramwick when I was growing up and uh, her and Tiger Holland, uh, her partner, and, oh, that's um, that's very sad news. Sorry very to be sad. the bearer of sad news yeah. to you,
2: but, yeah, we just heard that through uh, the grapevine. So uh, mm. I'm sure there'll be... A big
3: loss for racing. She was a um, one hell of a woman.
2: There'll be a lot of, no doubt, some tributes to flow through on social media and racing New South Wales, et cetera. But, yeah, Betty Lane, unfortunately, has uh, lost her battle with uh, some illness and has passed away, and she was the first female trainer to be granted a number one license that was in 1980 let's get to matthew who's on the line g'day matthew hey ds how are you good mate what have you got for us
1: mate so i was listening to this a moment ago that idea ruta had about the monetary fines not sure it'd work because wouldn't the owners just pay the pay the fine for them like doubling the fine they'd just say oh for a caulfield cup we
3: don't mind. We'll, we'll give you the. We'll pay you the money. And, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that'd work. It's all right. You're not going to get owners walking in there before a golden slipper, a, a Melbourne Cup, a Caulfield Cup, or, or an Everest. Saying, oh, don't worry about the whip." You know, if you if you, if you have to uh, if I have to pay the extra, you'll be right. I don't think that'd happen. Um, in the old days, I remember. Uh, that's, all this come about when I think Greg Hall won on Merlin. they said, oh, Kerry will pay the extra when well, you knocked him down, you got one of the biggest fines in history And uh, but I think, I don't think owners would be coming in with that on their mind. After the race, well uh, they'll look at the you know the score chart, uh, scorecard, they say well, he hasn't lost any money he still gets 100 out of it, why should I be putting in the 50? So I, I don't think that is uh, we can all dream that sort of Stuff up, but I don't think it happens. What about, um, say, for a blatant whip rule breach, they automatic
1: an automatic um, demotion?
3: Uh, well, that's affecting the owners for someone else's mistake. I say for an automatic for a for a severe uh, over a certain amount, which is just uh, irresponsible. Just start the point. Start the with a month suspension. That's your starting point. A month suspension, and all of your all of your um, you know money. So that, that'll that'll make them think twice.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Thanks for your call. Appreciate it, Matthew. Albert's on the line. G'day, Albert. There good you go. morning,
1: boys. How are you? Very good, Been mate. Been um, as you know, we at the Harbor tab, Art Cadeau and handle the truth but the worst news for us is the, all the battling guys out there in the tab around New South Wales looks like they're going to stop the punners club at these tabs. Now, it really—I don't know why. What, happened, what do you mean?
2: What, what do you mean? You have to give us some context here, mate, because I'm not—I'm not, well, I'm not what, aware what of this. And heard
1: from the, you know, what we've heard from the tab guys is that you can't have a punners club anymore, and we're trying to find out the reason why. What do you mean you can't and have a punners club? Well, you, you know how you go to a tab and they've got a punter's club?
2: Right, at that, at that individual agency?
1: At that individual agency, and now the tab looks as like though they're going to stop it. Um, now, guys, look, it's just sad because there's a lot of battling guys that haven't hardly anything, and they just get families and old people go to the tab just to have a few dollars in the punter's club, and for the tab to stop it, it it's just... Just very, very sad. I was wondering if you could look into it for us.
2: Happy to send an email. I wasn't aware that that was happening. It'd be interesting to see why, whether it might be a regulatory issue. Um, yeah. with There's that, got to that be a sp- reason
1: why, because they've been so successful, like Handle the Truth and Arc which we picked at Shell Harbour. We're all 40 owners in them. You know, it was just four 440- forty lot holders and they're all uh, most of the So, your so and, you're talking
2: about you know. a punters club for cosy tickets or a punters club just is in every week? Yeah, no, every,
1: every week punters club.
3: Okay. How could the tab stop that? Yeah,
5: How
3: could they if it's
5: run I by I think it'd and... be I, I think it'd be you're right that that would be a regulatory issue. There'd thing. have to be like a regulatory issue if they were They haven't yeah. been in pubs and, and that. I just think you know they've just got to be careful with um, the tab in particular it doesn't want to get fined for doing something like um that if it was run independent of the agency by yeah. someone within yes. in the agency, that that would probably get around it. But, but you know, I don't think the agent could do it under their licensing. Yeah. The other it thing too. Person, the other thing too, Albert, personal.
2: is uh, from a regulatory point of view, if someone in that club has self-excluded as well, um, if at, at, at possibly another bookmaker or yep. or with the tab and they are there in that club, there's obviously then regulatory issues around that. So there would be a reason for it. It wouldn't just be the tab turning up and saying, oh, no, we can't well, do, we're not gonna do this. Well,
1: could you guys just have a look at it first? Because Happy that's to email. Yep. Thank you, guys. Happy
2: to email, Albert. But there would be a regulatory issue around it if that's what, what was happening. Uh, that's not saying you can't uh, get with your mates and do a little putters club, because I know that's what a lot of people do. They'll go to a tab, put some money in, Sit around the table and try and pick. It's always good that way too, because if it's not your turn, Duff, you can blame the other bloke for backing a loser. Exactly. That's what exactly. Chris does to me every time we go. I just cop it. Absolutely. Jeez.
5: Well, I'm I'm blaming Duff for the weekend because my the bloke in our punters club is a Duff devil too, and he <laughs> he backed the thing in the highway.
3: Oh, oh Duff was on
2: that. fire because uh, there's a couple of ticks of you on form line Palmetto, um, and you mentioned as well. What was that uh, rudder in um, Melbourne you liked? Cool
3: Die, Jewel Jewel and Jewel. Jewel. Yeah. No, I had a good day. I I had a good day on the punt. Um, So I can't complain. Dashing Legend and Kazuo was on. So I I had a good day. So I've I've had worse days, but uh, dangerous making your best bet in the highway. I I concede that.
2: Now, we need to get some horses to follow, Jens. I'll start with you, uh, Duff. Your horse to follow or horses... Uh, to follow.
3: Uh, yeah, pretty obvious, I think. Commemorative, stick on it now. You're going to take the, probably going to take the unders. Um, I think Faulkner Park uh, was excellent after the fresh in and with your blessing, nice horse. He was big that day, but he's a nice horse who looked above himself, and I think that's a pretty strong race, that dashing legend race. So I think similar race with your blessing next time. We go now to you, David Gately, your top selections.
4: Uh, yeah, so two out of uh, Caulfield Zorian, who was wired terrific. Madam Pomerish she's back. Um, two out of Sydney Faulkner Park and Commemorative. Yep.
2: All right, and your horses to follow, Chris Roots.
5: Um, yes, I, I I go with Faulkner Park as well. I thought it was the best run in the race. I thought unspoken Spoken looks the one for me in the Five Diamonds at the moment. Moment. Um, I thought Devotee in the in the Highway was. Um, Good enough to say it'll win a staying race. And and finally, sorry, Dave, I just lost my my um, names there. And with your blessings, as Duff said, I think John Thompson's horse has always improved for a run and it was really good first
2: up. All right. Uh, before I do let you go, there's a couple of ticks I didn't get to here. Just one on Tropical Squall. Uh, good to see Hippo down in, uh, in Melbourne. What do we make of the run, Duff?
3: Uh, I thought first, uh, first time in Melbourne was okay. Uh, she was only nudged out on the line. I, I, I wouldn't think she'd lose too many admirers going forward. Dana?
4: Yeah, she was ridden like uh, she was a mile too good for them. Um, you know, when you're six lengths above group two average or group three and nine lengths above all averages and you go for home early, uh, you think you're on the best horse by a long way and you run down late. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they learned learn something from that. I think she was the best run in the race, but um, got beaten. Chris?
5: Yeah, I thought she was good enough to keep going down that Oaks path. And um, I think you'll find um, the other thing is Hippo is now riding in, riding for the Godolphin in the spring champion, as has been reported in the last couple of days on Tom Kitten. Yeah. yeah, Tom Kitten.
2: Uh, so, gee, when was the last time Hippo rode for Godolphin?
5: I think he's one for one from talking to James. So, okay. And... And he done, he's done the stats and said he's one of the best riders over 2,000 metres in Sydney, so good luck.
2: Also, some scary stuff yesterday I saw on the news uh, and obviously on social media coming out of Scone. Um, that fire obviously still burning, but, uh, yeah, some of those shots that were coming out of Scone yesterday, um, I know there was a couple of evacuations, but uh, that community got together from reading on social media and... Um, it's going to be like that this summer and we need to all take note uh, and look out for each other and just be aware. It's going to be always a hot, long summer. That's what they're suggesting. Him. Yeah, if that's a taste of what's to come with scone, it could be quite scary. So just please be vigilant. Um, but, yeah, uh, great to hear that uh, no one injured and all horse life as well uh, from the reports. No, nothing, uh, No concern there either. So just a, a lot of bad... Uh, air quality around that Hunter Valley. So if you're no good with the uh, the air quality, please look after yourself. Have a great week, boys. Obviously, in Sydney, we're back at Royal Randwick on Saturday. The calendar Presnell. I see, what well, we've got a stack of nominations for the calendar Presnell. Just scrolling through, I think 136 horses have nominated for that particular race alone on Saturday. So that will be uh, very interesting to see who does accept the... Oh, that was early no,
5: noms, sorry. No, it's, the, the NOMs were done on the 9th of May of October, so, so the that, only race on that program that had early NOMs. So.
2: Right, so then those that, that will come through, what, this morning at 11. So in an hour's time, we'll have nominations that will come through today. So we're just to see from that 136 who does continue. We've got the Spring Champion, obviously, as our Group 1. The Invitation will be a great race for uh, the Mayors. We've got the Calendar President, the Craven Plate, uh, worth 750000 the Brian Crowley. And then, of course, in Melbourne, we've got the Cox Plate, uh, where a lot of uh, Sydney siders will have their eyes peeled out for those particular horses. And on that program, have we have got the Friday night as well? Is that they've got? No, yeah, we've got the Manicato yeah. as well on the Friday night. No. No, they've changed it. No, it's, on the, it. No, it's yeah. on the Saturday. moody Valley Cup Friday. moody yeah. Valley Cup Friday night. Manicato and Cox Plate both on the Saturday where we get to see Imperatrice. Have a great week, gentlemen.
1: Secret. See you, mate. Yeah.